legal, mate? Uh, that was well is ill advised. Episode thirty of the Away End. Uh, got some guests in this week, and uh, somewhat well, both com- both returning guests, but also Joey is going to be with us next. Not next week, the week after as well, when Baker's on lights again. So Baker's uh, having a bit of time off, and he he needs to he, sort his head out. Yeah, he does, doesn't he, mate? He, I mean, he just does not want to come on after that Brighton result as well. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Alex down in Bristol, returning. Alex Holsgrove, give me a shout, mate. Nice to be here. How's everyone doing? Fairly decent, mate. Fairly decent, <laughs> although just getting pissed off with this lockdown bullshit now, Joey. <laughs> Over in Leeds, got a proper mic set up, yeah, got everything doing, sorted for like, us. Well, you know, I have to, I have to justify the faith put in me by the manager. You know, I feel like <laughs> came in for a Carabao Cup tie, did all right. Now we've had an injury to a first team player. I'm being put in for a couple of games. Let's see yeah. how we do. What you don't know was we, you called him up asking if you could come on, mate. You went straight down Curry's PC world. Are you getting that mic sorted? <laughs> <laughs> You got to impress. You got to impress. You know. You got to look the part. Right. So this week is a bit of a a doubly. We've got some Champions League, and we had a Friday night game, Saturday, Sunday, and before anything, right? Liverpool and Wolves kick off in about forty minutes. But what do you boys think? Liverpool Wolves to start with. Both so depressing, aren't they? Both of those teams at the moment. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> I'm going to go for a one apiece. I fancy if, if Jota's back in the team, then 1 0 Liverpool. Liverpool sweat it with a goal, mate. Yeah, I said 2 1. I reckon a sweater at some point for them, definitely. Anyway, like I said, Champions League, weird round of 16. First four game results have been brought in. The rest coming up this week, which are Manchester City, Munchen Gladbach, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Bayern versus uh, Lazio, and Chelsea versus Athletic. I think the real ones which we saw last week were the with a they were the big boy ties I thought but I mean all of them you can kind of predict apart from Chelsea Athletic like all of them should go one way really but anyway like I said Liverpool uh RB Leipzig which ended up Liverpool destroying Leipzig which we won them 5-0 in the, in the first game, in the group stage, and then we lost to them. They're a very weird up-and-down team. We need Baker on to actually give us a lowdown on that. But any of you boys see him, Joey? No, it's, 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 it's that horrible cliche about Liverpool, isn't it? Those titles of the European night and failed. It just seems to give them this sort of weird power, and then they can go and fill people in. I don't, I, maybe it says a bit more about Liverpool. And just getting away from that, the Premier League, which is just such a horrible hunting ground for them at the moment. Maybe it was nice being away from there. And I don't know, Leipzig are a weird beast, aren't they? Anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I kind of fancy them tonight, to be honest, because maybe they've finally shaken off that rut. They've actually scored two goals in each game. I was pretty disappointed being Leipzig, like, to be honest. Pretty disappointed with Leipzig, Jim, yeah. We played them. When did we fucking play them? Last, last, last year, that was one. Yeah. Dismantle us, yeah. I don't yeah. know. With Nagelsmann being such a shit hot young manager, I was expecting a little bit, of, a little bit more fight, at least a goal or something from him. But didn't really have anything, did they? Joey, what were you going to say, mate? Sorry, I was just going to say with Liverpool. It, it, can you imagine being in like a workplace though? You, you know, you're in there every day. You're in a very intense workplace department, uh, like environment. And then just imagine for a second that two of the most influential and senior people in that work environment have just suffered like catastrophic grievances, which will absolutely change the way that they operate on a day-to-day basis. I'm talking about Klopp losing his mum. 
and I'm talking about within the space of a few weeks, Alison's dad died randomly, just drowned in a lake. You know, I feel like you almost want to take the piss because we were like, you know, I think a few of us here are either closet or outed Man United fans. But at the same time, it's, you know, there's obviously some psychological shit going on there. They're a sleeping giant in the biggest sense of the word. At any moment, they could just turn it turn it back on and th- that front three that's still intact could just start blasting people out of the water again at any second. Um, I, I just think that, you know, they've just gone through a bit of a rough time, haven't they, psychologically? One last point on this before we move on. That's why I've put in the notes, boys. I genuinely would not be surprised that they go on and win the European Cup now. I like it, it would surprise me overall, but you can see it, can't you? Now horrendous comes sixth, and they get to the quarterfinal, they get to the semi-final. Who knows if if fans are let back in by the time you get to the semi-final? A European night at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It ain't uh, happening. That ain't happening. Oh, mate. Do not say that now, Joey. Do not say that now, brother. Also, who's, who's stopping Munich, man? That's well, It's not that Liverpool team. No one saw that come back from 4-0, did they, against Barca? Uh, PSG Barca. Uh, very, very weird one. 16 shots on target and a missed penalty in the first half and a beauty from Messi. And it still only ended at 1-1 and f- what, 5-2 on aggregate to PSG after 4-1 the week before. But um, very weird. Just a, a weird game in general. They seem to have so much possession, so much, so many chances. And um, Dembele seemed to miss about four of them. Like, like Jerry, two or three of them were actual sitters, like which he should have buried. Uh, Jimbo, you're shaking your head. What do you think? Eh? I watched the Liverpool game because I was really hoping for a little bit of an upset. So I'm no good on this. I think majority of people probably watched PSG Barca, but yeah, I was there for the drama in the Liverpool game that never came. Oscar, if you see any action? Uh, I didn't. I watched the first leg. I, I wonder if it was... Um, do you reckon Poch has just kind of found a good spot? Plenty of good talent at PSG. He's got plenty of money, finally. Like He's a great man-manager. Do you reckon he might... I know a lot's going to be made of it, but is Poch maybe just going to be quite comfortable in Paris for a couple of years? I think that's. I think that's. Probably. I think that could be realistic. Definitely. I mean, he's, he's gonna he's gonna walk the French league, isn't he? I think Poch is about to punish uh, more French farmers than the EU single market. <laughs> as a in the last, it's a second analogy, mate. We're in there. Number two. That's not an analogy. That's a fact. <laughs> no. You know it's nice, isn't it? We all like Posh. We all like him a lot, don't we? Because he's a nice man and he likes to play good football in a good way. And you know what? If he just wants to go and, you know, victimize some farmers for the next five or six years, then good on him. PSG are never up against in the French League. They're not up against the same kind of sustained competition that equips you for, for you know, beating Bayern in a semi or beating, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't, for some reason, I just can't see them ever being a European dominant, dominated well, force. Well, right. To play devil's advocate then, Joey, in that respect, do you think that they have, they can rest players week in, week out? I know obviously Bayern can do that at some points in the German league, but if, for example, you're against a Man City or a Liverpool or whatever in the future and you're against a PSG, they can rest play. If you're in the semi-final against PSG, they can rest players. They've won the league. They've won the league in March and you're still battling on all fronts. Mm. Just to play devil's advocate in that respect, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's that is something that will play into their hands at some point. But I, I don't know. I, I think back to like the treble winning team for my, the, the Man United treble winning side. How many of those players are on a rotation policy? No, nah, you know, you, you, you get that that Liverpool side who was so good last year. 
You yeah. know, that, that, that was that basically that starting 11. You know, Sean Dyche is Burnley when they came seventh. <laughs> I mean, they never, they, you know, they yeah, obviously, mate, around about the same yeah. skill level, quality, yeah. expertise in, in all three of them teams, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, we're coming to Burnley. We're coming to Burnley. Don't <laughs> worry. Know, you, we've, got, we've got a killer for you this week, haven't we? <laughs> I know, I went so early. Um, <laughs> Dortmund versus Seville. And I mean, I don't even want to really go into this that much, but I didn't even need to look who'd scored both Dortmund's goals. It was obviously Harlem, wasn't it? And you boys see any of this? Like, I mean, no. we, we're all shaking our heads, but we just knew that's, that's what it was going to be, wasn't it? Like, Harlem just... But he's a different beast. I don't understand him. Like, did see a thing this week where I think I saw a screenshot of him doing post match, and I think it was for like a Norwegian youth game, and uh, he scored nine in one game. Yeah, I'd seen that. Yeah, it's crazy. It, when he goes to Bayern Munich, I mean, that it, it's just it's inevitable. It, it's yeah. over, man. European football as a whole is over, then, isn't it? Like, quick fire round. Where's he going to go? Jerry, you think Bayern? I think yeah, you, you you never really hear much about it until until they announce yeah. it officially, do you? But you you know there's en- it, there's enough murmurs around for it. I, yeah, I think it's just clearly going to be Bayern. Yeah, no, like shit hot best club in the world right now, arguably. Why not Lewandowski replacement? Isn't they like they'll, yeah. they'll probably they'll probably flog Lewandowski to someone Real or someone else for <laughs> fifty million or whatever more probably and bring him in. Broom, broom, broom. We all know where he's going. An, an old war, war horse striker being overpaid in his twilight of his career. We know where he's going. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Boys, I don't want to think that way, but yeah, it might happen, Martin. It fucking hell. That, that would be, that'd be prime United, mate. Probably pay 80, 90 for him if it's United, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick him on 500k a week, mate. Yeah, no yeah, definitely, mate. And still rest. probably get, like, top goal scorer, I reckon, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I didn't mention in the Barca game, going on to the next one, which was Juve versus Porto. This is the first time in 16 years that neither Ronaldo or Messi haven't made it to the quarterfinals. Like, that's pretty significant, I, I think, don't you? Like, I mean, do we think this is like the, the end, sort of, of, era, end of an era, yeah, and like a step yeah. up of Haaland versus um, Mbappe now, sort of like they're, they seem like they're both, they've both been interviewed and they've both talked about each other saying like, I watch him and the other one watches each other. So I think, I do think that could be the next like big rivalry, like Messi and Ronaldo. Obviously we make a more of it about Messi and Ronaldo than it actually is, but you know. I'd still Obviously. be astounded if either of them got to the level that they were at at their primes because they're like, they weren't just the best players of their time, were they? Those two, those two were the best players that we've ever seen play football consistently. Like, never had major injuries that have kept them out or ended their career. Like, yeah. and they've both succinctly been there in that position at the same time. It's unbelievable. I don't think I don't know if we really appreciate what we've witnessed over the last ten years. No, I agree, man. I agree, hundred percent. Absolutely agree. But I do wonder. I mean, you know, if like modern sports technology and sort of sports medicine is only ever getting better. Like mm-hmm. Ronaldo's 36. If what fucking how old's Haaland? How old's Mbappe still? He's only what, Mbappe's 21? about 20, yeah. 21 and Haaland's about, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if I mean, he's 19 left, even. How old's Lewandowski? He's like 34, isn't he? Isn't Might he be older than that, that. yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, even if they're, even if they're like doing you know 15 goals a season the odd 20 goal plus a season which they can probably do more they've got another 15 years in them they could probably do there's potential in it I guess that's yeah. all I'm saying I mean, but, to take a step down the quality ladder it came out this week that the Athletic reported that Harry Kane wants to play until he's 40 so yeah. <laughs> at Spurs 
We might win something, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, we didn't really mention this, but yeah, Juve lost on on away goals to Porto, which is a bit of a, a shitter. And Ronaldo really, really did not look happy at the end of this game. And uh, me and Jim were talking off air, like in terms of I didn't, I'd actually forgotten that Perla was a PSG uh, was the Juve manager. Mm. So like that is, I think, is a lot of pressure on him now, isn't it? He, they're, they're sort of half. I think they're third in in the. Italian league so I think they need to win something big time if you lose to Porto on away goals don't you I did see a quite a funny picture it was a picture of Perlo posing with a glass of wine in the stadium and it said no tactics just nice wine (laughs) (laughs) did any of you guys watch the game I I only saw highlights I must admit no I did. I, I randomly just turned it on. I, 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 it's the only European game I watched. So I've got, I'm going to admit that now. But um, it it was it was great. It was so good. Um, Pe- Pepe still plays football, guys, and he still plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really good. Like he was immense in that game. He wasn't even a shit house. He just did very good football. Um, and it was it was great. That was one of those like classic kind of re- resilience versus ability performances. You kind of rooting for Porto. Yeah, it was great. It was great to watch. Ronaldo is looked a shadow of the player that he has been. It re- yeah. it was really marked the difference between him and some of the more exciting younger talented players who were playing for Juve. They were almost carrying him, which is a very unusual thing mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, I must admit, I think I think we are seeing unfortunately the decline of both Messi and Ronaldo at this point. Like I do, I do think Messi still got years left in him. I think Ronaldo did rely a lot more on his pace and stuff, and I think. Once that goes for him even more, I think that will be a a quick decline. On to the Premier League, the meat and veg, as we would say. Friday night's game. Well, you know what, right? Fuck it. I'm going to do my BBC News news announcers uh, rundown. It's back on me. It's back on this week. We've got Newcastle versus the Brummy Bastards. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, Aston Villa. Your home. Nah, not even your home. Where you live, mate, versus the Chelsea Rent Boys. Yeah, nil-nil. That was an awful one. We're not even going to mention that. Uh, Palace versus... West Bromwich Albion, uh, very quickly mentioned for outside of footballing reasons. Uh, Everton versus Burnley, Fulham versus Manchester City, the South Coast derby, Leicester versus Sheffield United. We'll mention it just because there was a, quite a lot of goals in it. Oh, Jimba, the North London derby. And uh, and then we've got uh, Manchester United versus uh, West Ham United, which I forgot to put what the score was on that, Alex, but I know what it was, mate, so we'll mention that as well, won't we? <laughs> uh, so the Friday night game, we normally have Baker being pessimistic on it, so I'll try and be as pessimistic as possible about it, but Villa versus Newcastle is 1-1, and it seemed like a bit of a weird one. There was look like it was drifting to a nil-nil. I kind of watched most of this, but only half watched it and then an 89th minute own goal by uh, by Clark and then Lascelles with a 90th plus four minutes equalising header both brilliant headers to be fair I mean awful by Clark but um, any of you boys see any of Newcastle versus Villa isn't one that I make <laughs> it's not, it's... sure I'm available to watch <laughs> <laughs> 
Mate, it's an eight o'clocker. I think um, I was pouring a box of red lentils into a jar and just putting it <laughs> onto a shelf. My mate was like, do you want to come around and watch this game? I was like, what, a Newcastle Villa game? We're going to break lockdown. It needs to be for a better reason than that. <laughs> I just say, man, I mean, without the attacking players that Newcastle got, I think it says something when they looked, from what I saw from the extended highlights, they looked better once Andy Carroll was on the pitch. And... There's no way they're staying up if their best attacking player is Andy Carroll. If if <laughs> say Maximan's out and uh, what's his face Fraser's out, Almiron's out, yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Wilson. Yeah, they're in. They're in real, real trouble, man. Like are they said, all injured. Are all of yeah. those guys injured? All four yeah. of them. I mean, I think Almiron and Sir Maxima are due to come back soon, but. Uh, Wilson's de- I think Wilson's out pretty much for the rest of the season or he potentially is so. and he was as Baker would say he was the, the main attacking talent at that place that's good news for Villa fans because uh, Grealish is going to be back for the weekend to face us lot apparently <laughs> great time, news for you as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they've had a bit of a sticky patch and now Jack Grealish comes back again to your lot of course mate for a brace I reckon a brace mate you're calling it now yeah uh, Saturday's games uh, Leeds versus Chelsea sorry guys it was a nil-nil we're, we're just not going to mention it unless you boys have anything real pressing you want to mention I watched the highlights it wasn't it didn't set the world alight so Tuchel's still unbeaten yeah true very true actually yeah 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 I think it's one of if not the first uh, what's his name that Leeds have drawn nil-nil actually and Holsgrove's putting his hand up so give me what you've got mate what are what are this Chelsea team like, I just can't can't work them out playing Havertz like, playing Havertz is that sort of false nine and they've got all this I just don't know what they're doing I don't even know who plays for them anymore I'm, <laughs> they've just got so many players and I just none of them seem to be doing that well and uh, you know move on did you just you say got- they were on like a nine game and beaten streak and then Holsgrove's <laughs> firing into him <laughs> I know West Ham are top four mate but <laughs> You have to wheel out habits every now and again when he's your highest paid player. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. But why why is I mean this right, let's not go down this fucking rabbit hole. Else this podcast is gonna be about an hour and forty-five minutes if we don't watch it. <laughs> right. On to the next one. Uh Palace versus West Brom. And it was one nil Palace. I'm not gonna we're not gonna mention the football because it wasn't a barn burner. However, Zaha didn't kneel before the game. And obviously we know what the, the connotations of that is, uh, connected with racism, Black Lives Matter. Um, do we think this like weakens the message at all that a black player isn't kneeling for it? Or is this each each their own? Because I've read, yeah, he said he, he still helps in the community, still helps out. And it's like, it's just his perception of what he thinks is right. Look, guys, I think as, um, as, as white guys of relative privilege, I think we are perfectly placed to answer this question. <laughs> You hit the nail um, on the head there, dude. No, I, I, I think that he is one of the people who want, um, who actually wants to see some action rather than just yeah. gesturing. And Les Ferdinand, who is one of the most vocal um, sort of voices for racial equality in football, who now runs QPR, as uh, recently it was probably one of the first to actually say the same thing mm-hmm. because. He's concerned that this is just becoming tokenism, and there isn't any actual action being taken. So. Yeah. I agree in that sense. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with with Joe's sentiment there that yeah, we're not the uh, that we're not the best place people to judge this. But I think if anything, I think if anything, it strengthens the message because you know it has just people been taking the knee now for however many months we're in through the season, and people are probably getting racially abused as much, if not before. Just, More, yeah. if anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Like, so someone actually saying no, it's not working. Let's stop this. 
and then it might just it might reinvigorate the conversation again. I think credit to him, it takes, yeah. it takes yeah. quite a lot of balls to do it. So it brings it back into the spotlight again. It's almost yeah. like a, a, a kind of evolution of the, of the protest, isn't it, by not doing it? Well, because, yeah. yeah, to be fair, the, the FA have only confirmed that they're going to do this until the end of the season. Then they've said, like, we will look into it further. But yet again, as we've mentioned, I don't know the percentages. So people who are listening, don't quote me on this. I imagine a lot of the FA people who are deciding this are old white dudes. So yeah, yeah. again, they're not exactly in the, the prime position for choosing, right? They had Greg Clark until what, six months ago, yeah. over the summer, whenever it was. So it's, yeah, that says it all. I don't know who the new oh. person is. He's definitely white. I know that he's white. <laughs> go on, go on, <laughs> He's definitely... <laughs> I just going to say, I remember playing... He's definitely white. I remember playing Championship Manager 1996 when I was a kid. And like, the first thing that came on was kick racism out of football. And I remember yeah. at that time, even as, as like a kid thinking, oh, they're, sort of, they're solving this problem. It's because great. They've just been grandstanding like this for fucking ever and nothing's ever been done. So I can understand why, why like people are demanding for actual action rather than mm-hmm. gestures. Wait, how old are you, Joey? Yeah, well, I was really into games when I was four years old. Having <laughs> having lived having lived with Joey, I can I can testify that he can play Championship or or whatever manager in whatever state he's in. <laughs> I can yeah. believe you were playing that at the age of four, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, this is quite nicely segued into Joey's time to shine. Um, Everton versus Burnley. Mate, you are Burnley's lucky charm, I think, my man. Yeah. Last time you came on, after you went, after about the two weeks after it, I think it was the last, the three games after it, you had either two wins and a draw or a win and two draws after you came on, mate. Well, it's it's not me, all right? I'd love to take credit for this. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it isn't, believe it or not, anything to do with me. Um it's not, I call you uh, Mystic Joey at some points in the episode, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, cool. Keep doing that. That's nice. It's nice to have a name. Um, here's the thing about Burnley. I have a pity party about Burnley. Every time, every like three or four games when they put in two diabolical performances, had no attacking threat, not created anything, and looked like they're championship bound. But they pulled something out of their dick holes, like one in every five games that just like completely surprises you. There's no nothing, no indication that this was coming. And then they just they'll do it every once in a while, and they'll do it enough times to survive. They have done for the last three or four years, and this was just one of those times. Like we we didn't even like we deserved to win that game. It was just efficient football. It was good football. Those two goals were fantastic. Dwight McNeil's goal. He just did what we all have seen that he's capable of doing, but he he. He actually came off for him this time, and I hope that they could build on, on on this because he gets in those positions, he creates great space for himself, he creates chances for himself. He's just not scoring enough of them, but hopefully with that, he can kick on. Because for me, that was oh, that was goal of the month so far in March, easy. But yeah, they, they, you know, they did it against Palace a few weeks ago, if you remember. Like, out of nowhere, they just beat Palace away three 0 um, They did it with Wolves early on in the season. Just one of those weird burn like burn the games where they just turn up and decide they're gonna smash some ass, I guess. Is, is that that's that's just consistency though, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's what that's what you guys are lacking. Like and, and you get that one season under Daesh when you did finish seventh, and that was just consistently, as you just said, smashing some ass. Well, yeah, but you know, the ass the ass smashing is getting fewer and further between, unfortunately. <laughs> So when they came seventh, the 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 sort of ass smashing to getting ass smashed ratio was much higher, much higher because a lot of those players were younger, they were earlier in the contracts. 
they have, you know, those Ash Smashers have not been replaced. And so, you know, their powers are waning. So they're only doing it in, uh, less frequently. So, you know, I just worry that this is it's still a, an overall downward trend, I feel. So it's, it's important to keep that in, in, in mind. This, you know, the Ash Smashery will diminish further unless there is recruitment in the summer. Is that that's your official position on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've really, yeah, I feel like I've outlined that as clearly as I can. <laughs> well, yeah, last last time you were on, you were calling for more money to be spent. So yeah, reiterating that, I think that's fair enough, mate, isn't it? M- yeah. More young players, more money. Alex has got his hand up. So go on, brother, give us your opinion on this one. Well, I've got a question about the, the money being spent, but yeah, I thought I didn't intend to watch this at all because Everton Burnley on a Saturday afternoon was not really what I had in mind, but I think I said to Jerry, uh, well, no, I watched it from the beginning, Chris Wood smashing and goals. I was like, oh, this might be quite tasty. And yeah, that that yeah, that yeah, Dwight McNeil goal, absolutely top class. I thought all of Burnley just played out of their skin, really, like Brownhill and who else he got in, in your midfield, man? Hendrick. Westwood, Ashley Westwoods. Oh, Ashley Westwood. Oh, Hendrick. No, Hendrick. Yeah. Oh, Hendrick's at Newcastle, yeah. isn't it? Sorry, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's tearing it up. A lot of people are, what, are monitoring Brownhill, apparently. I read it, and it must be true because I read it on the BBC Transfer Gossip page. But like, <laughs> yeah, I think man. it's like the, the rest of the long ball Bermuda Triangle who is like, <laughs> It was like Newcastle and West Brom and Burnley. Did you see the Rabona pass down the line at one point from a Burnley player? No, but I imagine he was heavily, heavily fined for that. (laughs) (laughs) Dice does not allow that creativity in his teams. No, (laughs) quite rightly. (laughs) Question on that money being spent, man. Jerry, what's going on with this takeover? Because I... And like, and just so as I understood it, you got taken over, and then they did some sort of like shuffling around of the money that now you guys are kind of in debt because they've like front loaded the debt. Like, what's going on? That's absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. We're not kind of in debt. We're absolutely in debt. Uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, you know, Broom could probably tell you more about this than I can because I last time I was coming on the pod, I was so fucking hyped to talk about Burnley about to go into the big leagues, signing Haaland and uh, Mbappe. <laughs> and um, Broom Broom links me to a article on the Athletic, which, as you rightly say, details the kind of the movement of money around and the fact that you know this is it's a such a complicated sort of purchasing system that they've used that the person who actually owns it, the actual owner only owns the equivalent of one share of the football club. And the rest of it is owned by like three or four different subsidiaries of the same company. It's really, it's, it's the kind of thing that if I heard that someone else had done it, I'd be super like, yeah, this isn't, this is weird. Like I would be really worried. Sketchy. Um, The only thing that's making, yeah, it sounds really sketchy. The only thing that's making me think it might not be is that these guys have a bit of a decent track record and like average, like running average teams quite well in the US, like um, Colorado. I think it's Colorado. I think Colorado Rapids. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He also seems like an honest and good dude, this Alan Pace guy. And they've done some quite good and progressive things, like they're making the women's football team professional. Like they've been a set, they've been completely separate up until now, and now they're, they're like trying to bring them into the to to actually be a, a true like you know other just other team in the club, which is a great progressive move. And oh, that's pretty cool. I I, hadn't, I didn't know about yeah. that. I must admit, yeah. I didn't really like you said understand the whole moving of money situation around. I must admit it was, it went over my head a little bit, but as Joey said, yeah, it, and Jim, I think it does look a bit sketchy, but Hey, you know, only time will tell in the summer to see if he actually puts his hand in his pocket or these people, sorry, these can, 
companies put their hand in the pocket and actually spend anything because let's be honest most out of most teams in the prem burnley need need investment don't they big time big time on to the next one and we're not going to mention this one too much because it was pretty self-explanatory what was going to happen wasn't it it was manchester city versus fulham the the late one on saturday evening uh three nil manchester city 17 points clear goals from stones jesus and uh aguero i have to put here yeah can john stones actually stop scoring the dude just center back brought in this season now Seems like he's a fucking striker or something, isn't it? I mean... Decent yeah. timing for the Euros for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Very much so, man. Uh, very quickly, yeah. any mentions on this, boys? A, a routine win, let's say, for City, right? Although Fulham held out to half-time. Um, half yeah, I did see that, actually. Yeah, that it was that they got to half-time, I must admit. I don't know yeah. if they just fucking capitulated or what, but... I'll be honest, from the highlights, you can't really tell, but it did just look like... Yeah, it was a bit of a, a, a mauling towards the end. Yeah. As as someone who sports a team that's in and around that drop zone, though, Fulham are the one team that kind of strike me with fear. Credit to credit to Scotty P and Fulham. You know, they're coming up against City, they're not changing how they get how they play, and they still played good football, they still played attacking. They like were in the city half for a good solid amount of time and they've got a fair chance if they keep on playing like this. Mm. You know, you don't need to beat City to, to stay no. up, do you? Right. On to the Sunday games. Southampton versus Brighton, South Coast Derby. Classic Brighton cock teasery, I'd like to say. Uh, the actually scored early, thought they might, you know, run away with it. Some of the some of the play actually looked very nice, and then they went and conceded, didn't they? Another Shea Adams goal, and they had to pull it out at the end with uh, with Trossard. But we've got this thing: we all, me, Baker, and Jim, absolutely bum off Brighton this season. They've just the way they've played has been lovely. They have kept it, you know that just lumping it forward and doing a Stevie Bruce, as we say all the time, like, and they haven't, it hasn't really played off for them too much, but in this game, they looked mint. I saw most of this game and I thought they looked really, really good. I must admit. It's really nice to see them actually fucking win a game. Brilliant, brilliant finish from Trossard as well. Right in the top corner. I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Brighton don't, if they go down, they'll they should feel very hard done to, but, I mean, you've got to start putting some goals away and they have in this last game. It was very good. Shea Adams' goal was an absolute belter though. Lovely got to give him that. If, finish, if, if, you're gonna, yeah. if you're going to pull yeah. a goal back, do it like that. You, yeah. Uh, you, you know, here's a point for you, uh, you know, football soy boys. All right. <laughs> if you're, listen, if you're in the bomb three at the end of 38 games, you deserve to go down. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's the truth. Facts. It is the Those truth, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are the facts. Right, yeah, Leicester versus Sheffield United. And to be honest, the boys, I wasn't even going to mention this game, so we can mention it briefly just because it was a 5 0 and it was, yeah. Uh, Hinacha, like I put it, do we think this is like the real deal we're seeing now? Or is it another false dawn? Like I think a lot of times it has been with him, like at the start with City and then when he first moved to Leicester. But this is the first time he scored in three consecutive games and a hat-trick for him. Like, I'd, Yeah, mate, I don't know. There's been so many false promises on there. Um, maybe, maybe. He looks solid. He's looked really good past couple of weeks, you say. Vardy's, Vardy's like feeding him chances now, which is maybe a yeah. bit different. That partnership looks all right. Oh, how, old is, how old is this guy? He, and we're like potentially writing him off. It must be like 20, how old is he? Like 22? 
The thing, the thing nice. is, Joey, me, me and Terry signed Inacho when he was like a wonder kid on FIFA 16 for our Watford team. And my God, he slammed in some goals, yeah. man. He was like 25 <laughs> plus a season. Me and Niall did the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, He's 24 at the moment. I don't know, man. He, you know, who knows? Harry Kane was a late was a late comer, wasn't he? A late bloomer sort of. But I don't know, man. Like when you get to 24, you think after you've been at Man City and you've dropped down to, and I know this, that sounds disrespectful, dropping down to Leicester, but when you're at Man City, you can't go much higher, can you? Apart from, you know, the big boys in Europe. Like, I don't know. I think you give him a bit of time. 24, you, you, you can imagine me at 24, I was, you know, I was even more stupid than I am now. It's like, he, he's, he's, he has got a lot of time left. I think Ian actually will be a top striker in the Premier League. He has, he's been around some world-class talent. He's obviously got ability. It's just about putting the pieces together. And Rogers is a really good coach to do that. I think he'll yeah. be A-OK. Do you see his third goal for his hat-trick? Absolute beauty pile driver from outside the box. I must admit, it was uh, it was very, very nice. And he was a tasty boy. Yeah, it was. Nice. And... Uh, Another one that that Alex is going to be hating, Baker uh, Perez scored again, hit the post early on as well. Like he just hates any player that goes to Newcastle is dog shit, and then as soon as they leave, they they turn into someone who can just score. They don't need to do anything else. Baker just gets annoyed. So if you're listening, mate, that'll that'll cheer you up. Um, do, what, do you have any thoughts about Wilder guys? Yeah, I was like, just going to say. What, yeah, I think it's a bit of a silly one, but go on, mate. I think there's obviously a lot of arguments going on behind the scene because it doesn't make any logical sense for them to do that. I think a big part of it was the fact that he signed Brewster and, and Ramsdale and he was like really keen on signing them and they've quote unquote flopped. But Aaron Ramsdale just got picked for the under 21s Euros. He's a solid keeper, man, I think. He will be a fantastic keeper. Yeah. And like Brewster, like, all right, he's not done it now, but God, how old is he? 20? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Maybe even younger than that, man. Like... He's suffering for having successfully signed the player that a lot of teams were after. You know what I mean? So he's like, he's now being pushed out the door partially because he was actually successfully signing this player who hasn't immediately scored 20 goals a season. Anyway, I think it's stupid. What do you guys think? I 100% agree with everything you've just said, mate. Yeah, I think it's... Ma- Me and Jim spoke about this when we were playing Warzone. Uh, and we said, we said... It's got to be some kind of argument, disagreement, backroom things, hasn't it? Because there's no way. Me and two or three weeks ago, me, Jim and uh, Baker were saying, if they go down with Wilder, well, they were always going down, they'll come back up. There'll be no problem. And to make them make the decision now, it just seems madness. And on- It was a couple of weeks ago. He started to moan about individual players and stuff, didn't he? And he's not really been mm-hmm. like that before. It's like, yeah. it's so far gone that if he was going to leave, you expected him to leave like two months ago. It just seems proper mm-hmm. weird timing, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's what we couldn't get our head around. Yeah. Yeah. And, on Ramsdale, I think, yeah, he's been unlucky. He was at Bournemouth, wasn't he? And he went, thought he'd jump in ship to Sheffield United, was going to keep him up. And now he's going to go down twice in two years. I think, like you said, I think he is a proper, proper quality keeper as well, man. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for him to do this, like, logically. So obviously there's been like a really bad breakdown in like the relationship. Maybe he had like eight grand and the and the chairman had about 2,500. They wanted to get a load out. The guy didn't want to drop his cash. And then Wilder went and bought himself to self-revive. You know, selfish. Oh, it's selfish. a cunt move. It's a cunt move, mate. We've all been there. Yeah, I know. I know. Oscar's <laughs> well, not got a clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Oscar's just looking at us blankly like, load out? What do you mean? What's yeah. one of them? <laughs> my, my Xbox 360 can't connect to the internet, let alone. 
But now you drag me in. I reckon Chris Wilder, he'll probably end up managing a Prem team at some point next season when they go for a rotation and Sheffield will be in the championship. Yeah. I agree. Big shout. Sean Dyche goes off to manage the next West Ham when, when Moyes <laughs> dies and Chris Wilder comes in at Burnley. You heard it here first. <laughs> That would be... How does that, that fit? <laughs> it's like a glove. Yeah. Like a I was glove. just... Yeah, literally, I was just going to say that is like literally just <laughs> fits so nicely, doesn't it? So, oh, so nicely for Wilder. It was the best Burnley thing ever. <laughs> oh, we would go for Wilder so hard. Uh, <laughs> um, on to uh, the next one. And as you can tell with my voice... Jimbo's not going to have fun with this one, I don't think. But he's got five quick five points he wants to make. Then us boys can have a little chat about it and Jim can zone out and remember the good times of about two months ago. Arsenal won 2-1 against Spurs in the North London derby. Jimbo, give us your five points. Well, it's probably going to turn into a little bit more of a ramble. Of oh, this is what we like. Points. This is what I was hoping for, mate. This is what I was hoping no, for. I was just fucking very drunk last night and pretty angry, so I made some notes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Best time to make some notes for the pod, mate. Uh, Arsenal fully deserved it. Like, pains me to say it, but fully, fully deserved it. And and we were bad from the first whistle, basically. Um, We sat off of them. We didn't, we gave them too much respect, basically. I think first half, a stat popped up and they had 13 chances and we had one in the first half, which is just unbelievable. I mean, to pivot slightly more towards the Mourinho sort of stuff, subbing off Undumbele and Bale, within a few minutes of each other seemed like a weird decision to me because both those players are good for a moment of magic, even if they're having a shit game. Bale, mm-hmm. you see, he did it. He had a couple of glimpses of it in the last few games. He's he's good for an assist or a goal at any time, really. I think Bale was a little bit hamstrung by having to play like a pseudo right-back role for Doherty, who looked so out of his depth again. Every time they attacked us down that right-hand side, he was opened up, mate. They had him on toast for 90 minutes. I think a lot of Spurs fans were lulled into a, a false sense of security from the last few results and maybe felt like we were building a bit of momentum. I mean, personally now, I think the next 10 games are so, so important. And I think that I'm really going to peg my opinion on Jose on what happens in the next 10 games. Because who knows, we might go on a run and win all 10 and we might equally... What I said to you last week about we play like bipolar football. The last 10 minutes of this game, when we switched it on... We look great. But the 80 minutes before that, we look like relegation form. Like, I don't I don't understand it. To me, Jimbo, that is unfortunately Mourinho. Down, yeah. down, yeah. down to a T, unfortunately. That is when he when he starts against the big teams. It's like that, isn't it, Jimmy? Yeah, I was just going to say, when you were saying, I don't know what it is, um, James, I was just looking at Broom <laughs> saying, we know what it is. We know what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's so Mourinho. Like, I was just thinking then about like what your what your like starting eleven is. It's so strong, like yeah, it's so good, man. It's you know so what? Like, good. That is the, the the team that we put out is a very attacking team. There's so much attacking talent in that in that squad, and to sit off them for the best part of eighty minutes, it's ridiculous. A few positives before we let Alex chomp at it. Uh, that that Lamella goal. That. Boys, but that it hates me now because we can, I can never talk about it ever again. Because we, can't. I know, I know, I know. But mate, but it was it in, was great in a in a vacuum that you will look at that in ten years time and be like, 
fuck, that was unreal. Like, that was... So, and I know he's got form for it. I know he's done it before, but it was, yeah. Like, do you see uh, Regulon behind him? He's just like, couldn't believe it. Like, he's just shaking his head in disbelief that he actually did it. But Yeah, it's the most one-footed player I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I, think, I think they said during the game, I think he's completed like seven passes with his right foot all season. It's just bananas. <laughs> oh my God. So he did that because he can't use his can't right foot. can't use his right foot. <laughs> he literally yeah. preferred to reboner it into yeah. the bottom corner. And it oh, worked. More comfortable with that, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw, sorry, Hosky, one more point. Uh, Lamella actually got sent off as well. Uh, so moment of genius, moment of madness. Very, very surprised to hear that's the first time he's ever been sent off in the Premier League. No. He's such a really? shit He's such a shit yeah. I was amazed at that, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, I did not know that and that has shot me to my core, mate. Yeah. He's, he is in that sort of realm of players for me that is just pure shithousery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he hadn't got a red before. I just, yeah. 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 <laughs> Can you, I'd like his performance against Man United when you absolutely smashed him 6 1 at the start of the season was one of the most shithouse performances from any player I've ever seen. Lamella, mm. like when he got Martial sent off. Oh my yep. God, that was yeah, so yeah. shithouse. <laughs> and I watch Ashley Barnes on a weekly basis. <laughs> It's so shit house. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how this goal, it sparked quite an interesting conversation around the fact that um, they, they were saying about how English commentators kind of lack the vocabulary to talk about goals like this because they're so few and far between in the Premier League. They'll just be like, oh, that's a lovely bit of skill. What a goal that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to ask James, sorry, are you already kind of thinking a little bit about life after Mourinho at this point? Only every minute of every day, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 a lot of the people I discuss Mourinho with are want him out. Spurs fans want him out. I'm still, I'm probably like seventy percent there. I think if a hundred percent's out, I'm seventy at the moment. Right, seventy okay. percent. I'm getting there. To be yeah. honest, with Mourinho, he's he is so divisive. But on the other side, Arsenal. I know this is going to pain Jim to say it, but we have to give praise to them. Yeah. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. I know Jim said that Odegaard's only alone from Real for the season, but fuck me, boys. Them two, look, they ran the midfield in for that first, like, 30, 35 minutes. I thought they looked unbelievable. And um weird one was, what do you think of the penalty which was given? I... When you look back on the replay, it is very dubious. And Mourinho has said, like, Lacazette hits it, it ricochets off, the ball's gone. And I know Sanchez comes through and takes him, but the ball's gone. He's had his shot. Like, I don't know. I think it probably, in this day and age, it is a penalty probably, but it was a weird one. But I if, if Laka connects with that, yeah, and it goes way over the bar, and it, like, that's not a pen. Yeah. If it connects with it and it's a shot, on the goal or near the goal, it's not a pen. I, I actually, well, A, I think it wasn't a pen. I really don't think it was. And I was, I thought he did skim it a tiny bit. And therefore, yeah. but I, I hadn't seen it that many times in all the angles. But I thought it did, the way the ball flew away from his body, it looked like he sort of sliced it a bit. So mm. it might have gone out. I don't know. I thought it was a very, I mean, they deserve, they deserve the win. Or at least yeah. Spurs didn't deserve to win. But they didn't deserve that pen, I don't think. No, no. Yeah, I don't think it is a penalty. Um what is absolutely disgraceful was Pepe's first time through ball to Lacazette, like in the build-up for it. Did anyone see that? Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> that was like a fucking laser beam. It was so nice, so good, man. He looked, he looked really good this game. Yeah, another, another one. Yeah, he 
A Jimbo's Jimbo's not impressed by that, but I must admit I thought the same. Like I thought Pepe did look real good. He's still got a bit of a way to go for that price tag, but we always love to, you know, criticize players for their price tag, and it wasn't them. They didn't decide that, did they? So I would say that about like, you know, he looked really good in that game. I thought he did. I thought Lacazette looked looked pretty good in that game, but my Christ, he just didn't want to score, did he? I just if he hadn't got that penalty, that would have been a bit of a yeah shit house for him, to be honest. Which might be the next point on here. Don't break the fourth wall, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. They're gonna know it's not completely seamless. <laughs> My last point was, and Jimbo again isn't gonna like this one, but I do think Arteta's now sort of got the control of the of the dressing room with not starting Aubameyang because of obviously discipline of him turning up late. And that kind of shows, like they were saying in commentary, like if they're, if the club captain is getting, you know, removed from games or not playing in games because he's late, now when Smith Rowe one of the younger lads comes in and he's late, like it gives Arteta just the chance to go, you know, I told you, I removed the captain for the North London derby. Like, and I don't know, I feel like that kind of... It's got the real grit of the um, of the dressing room now. There is a baby-ishness about Arsenal, and there has been about the Arsenal players for a while. Like I, I think that it's kind of led to this downfall. Like the kind of, I don't know, just just a, a bit of a lack of spine. I know that's been they've been accused of that for a long time, but it just seems to, you know, when Nabamayang, you know, he, he, he puts a mask on when he scores. You know, it, there's just a lot of like kind of wanky things about Arsenal, and and, and I'm glad that Arteta is is going in there and is you know that that you've just said that's a huge statement that what he did with Aubameyang, and I'm glad that that kind of thing is starting to happen again because it has looked a little bit like kindergarten at times. Some of those players over the last like three years or so, like Shaka, you know, he behaves oh. like a child. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I you know I hope he does well. You know I I have I've always been an admirer of Arteta's face. I think he's a perfectly manicured man, and uh, it looks like he's got some bollocks to back it up. Holsgrove, <laughs> <laughs> anything to mention on that, mate? Or should we go on to the uh, what we all came here for? Uh, just one thing: Where's Oreo? Is he injured? No. Has he just been dropped? Yeah. Which brings up more questions. Well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why was he not playing? Joey, I'd love to know, mate. If you find out, let me know. Did huh. he have a kid on? Was there like a youngster on or what? Who was on? Yeah, no. So there's Aurea was on the bench, not injured, ready to play. Doherty oh. played oh, in the he? game. Yeah, yeah. But then we've also got uh, Jaffet Tanganga, who's like this really promising up-and-coming English lad centre-back by by nature, but also quite a skilled right-back. Even though we got shit house, we played him in the City game and he looked really fucking good. And Mourinho gave him his debut when we played Liverpool last yeah. season. And he was fucking quality. And I don't know why he's not getting a shout at the moment. I don't know to why. To be honest, mate. Though he's had a run of games and he's just getting worse. Yeah. I remember you mentioned a couple of weeks ago on this that, yeah, he, that Doherty was shit again. Like, week in, week out for most of you. Yeah. <laughs> if Doherty was decent in attack, I could probably forgive him. Because then players can, like, support him when we're defending. But he's not. He's not good in either. He's not good defensively or offensively. So I just don't know what Mourinho sees in him. So weird though, because for me it just seemed like on paper it was like the most logical thing ever. Yeah, Doherty's playing great at Wolves. He probably will slip into a, a top I think four. He played, team. I think he played in a very different system at Wolves. Yeah. Like he was more of a wing back at Wolves and was just had to do the offensive work basically. I think. But no, I do. I do agree with that. When you've got Bolly and uh, Cody and who else is there? Um, like Sides. House. Sides as well, yeah. It were just all holding in there. Like the chances for you to bomb forward. 
left left wing and right wing for Wolves are so much more than with the Mourinho mm. side, aren't they? I think. I mean, it is not a great result this weekend, Jim. But what do you reckon your chances are going through the next round? I mean, two 0 up against the Greb. I think we're a chance of going through to the next round are decent. I think as soon as we come up with up against a team of any quality whatsoever, I think we'll probably get knocked out. And I think chances of top four are rapidly fading. And if they're not, we're very reliant on other results that we can't control, which isn't a good position to be in. Not really, no. I asked him again on Warzone, second mention of it, uh, if he would take fifth place and uh, the League Cup, and he said, yeah. So I think I'm speaking for you here, Jim, rather than letting you speak. But if I was a Spurs fan, I'd feel the same. Thank you, lucky stars you're not, mate. It's an interesting little crossroads for you, isn't it? Because how long is Harry Kane going to stick around in a team that's finishing fifth? Yeah, on. I know, I know. Time but to go, like, oh, man. Like you say, Joey, like you looked at that, you looked at that lineup and you're like, that's a strong squad. The, the ingredient there is like, I don't know, if you bring in, say for argument's sake, you put Pep Guardiola in charge of that team. That team's is fucking, it's going to be challenging, man. And yeah, it's going to yeah. be winning stuff. 100%. Apart from Derry, get him out. Let's be <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. As we mentioned, onto the big boy, Alex, right? Yeah. Uh, Manchester United versus West Ham. 1 0 win for Manchester United. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of a weird one, though. It was a bit of a strange game. It was like a proper Sunday evening vibes, wasn't it, really? It was just like a chilled one. Like you sit there with like Jim, probably with his glass of red. Just, you know, relaxing, watching it. And there was not a lot of intensity from, especially from West Ham. And I thought Man United in the first half were were poor. They, did, they should, didn't show any cutting edge, nothing. A couple of chances for, you know, players making them Greenwood and Bruno and stuff. But yeah, overall, I thought both teams looked lacklustre. And then starting with how you did with five at the back, me and you have spoken off there, but like, yeah, the fact like you have gone head to head with quite a lot of the other big six or eight or whatever you want to call it, and you haven't come out always losing. Like you've you, you've won against Spurs, you've won against big teams. You know, like kind of a weird one. Why he started like that? What do you think, Carlsgrove? Oh, mate, I didn't. I wouldn't say it was, it was just rubbish. We didn't look like for that first for the first half at least. We just didn't look like we had any intention and any threat of scoring at all. I kind of as soon as the lineup got announced, I was a bit like, doesn't bode particularly well playing five at the back there. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to rag on Johnson because I think he might be quite a decent player, but he's a completely, he's a completely right sided, but he's a he's a right back with completely left footed playing at left back, and he got caught out time and time again. I, we just, I don't know. You guys didn't look like you were going to score. We didn't look like we wanted to score until until that own goal and then it all kind of opened up a bit but it was a bit late then wasn't it you know what was weird for me I actually turned this on with about two minutes before it kicked off so I just assumed that because Lingard you couldn't play him I assumed that uh, Lanzini and uh, Ben Rama were just like injured or suspended or something because mm-hmm. I thought like well yeah at this point like why he started with Rice Suchek and, and Noble as like the the hard working midfield to me was just crazy like you could easily have kept them Rice and Suchek and just put I know Ben Rama or Lanzini or whatever in front just to give a bit of something going forward attacking wise right you think yeah, you're no, showing I mean, you a little do, do you think Moyes has just shown Man United a little bit too much respect possibly yeah, 
Yeah, he's ne- he's never won at Old Trafford, and I think that probably got into his head a little bit as well. Yeah, man, I I reckon it is, and I think I, I think we said before Moyes sets up often quite defensively against big teams when he was at United and when he was at Everton. And, you know, he's going to do that, but yeah, I definitely think that might have got in his head a bit. Never won it, and you know, obviously it's Moyes at United, isn't it? So there's got yeah. to be a bit of that. But I mean, the form we're on, I mean, United are, United are a bit up and down but I still would have fancied that if we'd come out if we'd come out playing in fairness that first like five minutes we actually yeah. came out with the quite well if we played like that I reckon it could have been you know it could have been our game to have but we didn't I, was, I did feel a bit like Mason Greenwood had it he made his chances he made them, most of them on his own but he needs to once he starts tucking away goals he might he might be a bit dangerous but until then he's just yeah. fucking firing blanks and he yeah, man, this season has been very up and down, very up and down. Joey, I feel like you want to jump in. You jump in, do, do you, Ooh, just, just, I, I think um, Greenwood is a little bit of a victim of the fact that we, I say we, but United, United haven't had a fixed, proper centre-forward for him to play off. It, it's, I, mm-hmm. I think they've got such a weird front line. Like when Cavani's there, you can tell there's a bit more balance to it. You know, he kind of plays the same role that Jimenez does at Wolves or that Kane does at Spurs. You know, he holds the ball up and brings those wingers into play and they get a lot more chances. I'd like, I'd love to see the stats of how of like Greenwood's goals or opportunities like when Cavani's playing versus when Martial's playing. Um, but, you know, I, I, I for one feel like Greenwood has been playing a lot Deeper, he's not been getting in those goals scoring opportunities, but I feel like his overall play from what I've seen actually looks a bit better. Like his range of passing is looks looks like it's getting a bit better. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like he will get his time. United needs to address an issue which is an imbalance up front. They need to get a him and his style striker, I feel, up there. And once you get that, I feel like it'll take the burden of scoring off Rashford and Martial and um and, and Greenwood. And they, and I feel like they'll be a bit freer to express themselves, and I think that they will be they, they will start to produce a bit more, in, like as an indirect result of that. That's just how I feel. I hate Anthony Martial with a passion. I feel like he needs to get in the bin. I feel like he needs to go to fucking Spurs. You know what, right, mate? I agree with <laughs> sorry, James. Said, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him. He's a shit house. I agree with absolutely everything you said, and I agree with you on Martial. Until the, the the derby last weekend, and he literally looked like a different player. And I was like, "Where's this Anthony Marshall been for the rest of the season?" Where he was bullying like centre midfield, centre midfielders, and centre backs off the ball to run at players. Like, and it was just crazy. He's just so inconsistent, man. I think, and I do think that will eventually be a downfall of him with Rashford and Greenwood, and like I said, a proper striker. I do think things will move forward with them three probably. And I can't see Martial sticking around for very long just yeah. as being a bench player. He, no offence, but his attitude, I don't think, would stick it out, would it? Oh, exactly. exactly. Um, um, one think- one I- more thing I was going to make on West Ham was the fact that you had seven attempts on goal, but none of them actually were on target, which to me, again, it just proves like when you're starting with two attacking players in the commas I know you've got a few more but with um, Bowen and what's his name and Antonio up front like just kind of just smacks of yeah. defensiveness doesn't it <laughs> I mean yeah but Bowen's up, Antonio's an absolute beast and he's 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 quality he's, he's quality even if he's just not even like world class quality you know he's just what he gives to the team Bowen's up and down but I mean Bo, I haven't seen the heat map but 
Bowen barely got past, you know, halfway. Our path past halfway most of that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I will say that when we did when we did change the formation and we went to four at the back and we brought on more attacking talent, Ben Rama, Ben Rama and Lanzini both lit it up. They were both yeah. so so busy and actually taking players on. It meant Suchek could get in the box a bit, get into those crosses. They actually played like, funnily enough, when West Ham play how they play when we win games, we look way better. And we looked like we could have scored at any, every time a cross went in, I was like, fucking this is going to be it. And, but no. Yeah. Do you, on, do you rate Jared Bowen? Every time I listen to him on the radio, that he always seems to pop up all the time like in commentary. He's, I think he pops up, he's just inconsistent. He looks good. He looks quite good in the ball because he's willing to take a man on. But And when he does, and you know, like when he dribble past someone, it looks really great and it goes on your highlight reel and everyone's very happy about it. But he is inconsistent. Um, although I do think like when, when he's hot, he's real hot and he's in a bit, I would, I would take him even with that inconsistency for how much he cost. You know, I mean, when, when we signed from Hall, I don't think anyone was particularly like jizzing in their pants for having signed Jared Bowen from Hall, but I take him. This t- typical West Ham fan, but God, it's infuriates <laughs> me. Oh, I'm not being a snob, mate. It's just he actually wasn't, I don't think he didn't like, I remember because we watched some Hall games with, with AT and he didn't like light up. He wasn't the best player. That he, no. you know, Sorry yeah. that he's not Simeone Zaza. Joey, you can you can go through your your um, <laughs> your players in a second, but we've got one question. Oh, Hosky, you want to make your point? Go on. Yeah, what, one last point. Talking about crosses, in swinging crosses. Yeah, West Ham didn't deserve to win that game, but and I still don't know how it happened. I'm not going to be a big bitch about it, but why weren't we allowed that corner at the very end? Yeah, like, what? it was a little bit of a weird one that it has. Uh, I'll I'll admit maybe it was Man United and they were at Old Trafford and the the referees balled it. That could well be the point, mate. Because so, I mean, West Ham's we get a corner. There's a you know we've been doing great offset pieces. That would have been an absolute shit. That was if ninety three minutes or something we scored an equaliser <laughs> there. One last point on West Ham. Where about Jay Ling signing because he has been very good so good that I'm even calling Jay Ling's and I, I wish I'd never ever said it but <laughs> he has been very don't do it <laughs> yeah. uh, Joe's doing the celebration um, um, solid we missed him today so so one point from one question from me and then Joey you can take the lead on your uh, on your little special section Sorry. by all means guys say again I said, by all means, you know, I'm, 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 no, I no, no, I'm mate, mate. We, I'm, I'm very, I'm very much wanting this section, mate. Trust me. But one question is to all three of you: Are West Ham making Europe? I say no. Sorry, Halsgrove, Jim. Uh, my head says yes. My heart says no. Exactly the same. Europa League. We'll be playing on Thursday nights. Halsgrove, yeah. you confident? Yeah. Yeah, mate. I reckon we're doing Europa League and yeah. and post COVID. I'm going to at least one of those away games. So if anyone wants a European tour, lads holiday, smashing back <laughs> oh, some cheap beers and be, watch West Ham away. That would be great sick. shout, to be fair, mate. Yeah. Yeah. There Let's some, not get stabbed or anything. There'd be some, <laughs> some, some tasty boys there, West Ham away. 
<laughs> yeah, can we just have like the soy boy West Ham away corner, please? Yeah. Which I can eat my stuffed cabbage rolls and drink red wine or something, and it'd be wicked. Man, what a good some qualifying games when you're in the middle of like Romania or somewhere like that. That would be amazing. That with Palm. Uh, anyway, yeah, we've, we've got a little additional section which we're going to let Joey take lead on this week. It's uh, specifically targeted at uh, our man Holsgrove and his uh, his knowledge of some previous West Ham signings. So. Uh, take it away Joey yeah this is born out of my pure hatred and resentment as a Burnley fan um, for any other team who has the ability to spend money on footballers um, <laughs> specifically West Ham at this point because you know I if I if we would have had even like a fifth of the amount of players coming in as West Ham I feel as though we would be in those Champions League slots year in year out so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to test Holsgrove, our our resident West Ham fan here. Um, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna say five names. These five people, like they're either a West Ham player who have been signed by Golden Sullivan for over a million pounds, or they are a international hot dog eating champion. And <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me whenever when I read out a name, you get to tell me whether it's a West Ham a Golden Sullivan signing or if it's a hot dog champion. All right, all right. Um, go quick fire on it. The game is is called Fool's Gold and Sullivan, so that's good, isn't it? I've been thinking about this a lot. So without further ado, number one, Roberto Muriel signing. Roberto Muriel was the 1974 hot dog eating. <laughs> <laughs> He was a 22-year-old student from Queens. That year, it was hosted on Coney Island. Um, Number two. So that's zero out of one. Razvan Rat. I'm going to go real signing again. Yes, a left-back signed in 2013 for 1.9 million from Rayo Vallecano. He made 15 appearances and was sold to Shakhtar, where he went on to make 174 appearances. Number three. Donil Henry. (laughs) I don't know that one. Uh, hot dog. Ooh, incorrect. Daniel oh. Henry was signed from Limassol in 2015. A Canadian centre-back. You had him for two years. He made zero appearances and now plays for Toronto FC. <laughs> Don't feel too bad about that one. Uh, Kevin Sinclair. Yeah, real signing. Kevin Sinclair was the youngest ever winner of the international <laughs> hot dog eating competition at 10 years old oh, in really? 1978. So, <laughs> one for four, brother. Uh, Wait a minute, okay. Trevor Sinclair? Kevin Sinclair. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Kevin Sinclair. <laughs> 10 years old, he won the international. He deserves a place on this contest. podcast. I'm going to say we did Absolutely. have Trevor Sinclair. At West Ham United for quite a long time. I know it was a bit of a. It was yeah. I know I fucked I'm subconsciously. I you did, did me fuck there. You there. And Albion Ajeti. Oh yeah, signing. We sold him to Celtic this season, I think. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Two out of five. Well He's done. pulled that Two back, hasn't he? He's pulled that back at the end. Back. To be fair, well, I think a round of applause to a ten-year-old hot dog eating champion as well. Yeah, yeah he deserves it. Yeah. 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 Um, it was 1978, so he's probably like 40. Now, so still going or not, I guess, if you shovel that many hot dogs in it, yeah, <laughs> maybe not actually. Yeah, I think Joey does highlight the point though that we have had some of them, <laughs> some of the most ridiculous recruitment in not even just recent times, but I don't know, past 10 15 years, mate. That center back that was there for two years and made zero appearances like that's mental. <laughs> I, just, I honestly, I think our, I think our recruitment strategy for a long time has just been like YouTube highlight reels and stuff like that. <laughs> Hoping it's getting better. Oh no, Defo's getting better. It seems to be. It seems to be.
Um, extra time, very briefly. Uh, what do we think? If it is actually safe, how amazing would it be that the, the suggestion is that the FA Cup final and the Snooker World Championship might have fans back, which would be... I mean, I know fuck Snooker, who cares about that? Um, sorry, boys, if you... <laughs> snooker! Yeah, who gives a shit about that? But FA Cup with fans, like, that would be a buzz, wouldn't it? That would be fucking mint. Might give it a bit of meaning again. <laughs> Might give it some significance. I mean, yeah. m- maybe, but obviously Man City are just going to win it, so it kind of does yeah. some of that yeah, significance. Nah, nah, mate, well up for it. Be wicked. Can't wait to get fans back in. Buzzing for the snooker, uh-huh. to be honest. Yeah, I'm buzzing for the snooker as well, mate. No one can even fucking talk, so what's the point in having fans in for that? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it, gents. That that's is it. it. Episode 30. You've been listening to The Away End. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Away End Pod. And if you've enjoyed the episode, drop us a few quid and check the link in the episode description. Just tell your mates about this pod because that's the only way we're actually going to get anywhere with this. So please, please do, guys. Thanks very much. Have a good one.